wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And on today's show, I don't think we're going to have baseball this year. On, you know, all last week I said the same thing. And then Monday uh, on the podcast, I said, you know, things are trending upwards because at least they're meeting. At least they're coming together. And there was some semblance of optimism, a little bit optimism. And then we get the actual details. We get the actual second try from the MOB. And I don't even want to call it a try. Because at this point, it's clear the owners are not trying. The owners do not want to play baseball this year. That That's the fact of the matter. For whatever reason you want to think of, they do not want to play baseball this year. They would lose less money probably not playing baseball, to be completely completely honest with you. Again, if they do not play baseball this year, the owners lose $133 million with room to with room to wiggle those numbers. If you do play baseball, it gets a lot harder and it gets a lot more money going out than coming in. So let's face it and let's call spade a spade. The owners do not want us to have baseball this year. And these reports are just, they're coming in, you know, rapidly, but they're just infuriating as a baseball fan. You, you look at what was proposed and we find out it's a sliding scale. So, so they want to penalize those who make a ton of money. Uh, but still, if you don't make a lot of money, you still get penalized. There's a lot of ways to go about this, but first, this podcast is brought to you by Boat Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, get $10 off your first order. Let's first talk about that sliding scale. And let's use the example of if you make $35 million, now this season you only make 7.84. Still, millions of dollars. Still, something you or I would love to have. But again, take yourself out of this whole thing. Don't put your situation into the players. And you can say, well, I had to take a pay cut at my job. Well, we, we all did. However, we can work our jobs for the rest of our lives. Baseball players and athletes have a finite amount of time to collect checks, to capitalize on their, on their abilities. I can sit here and talk in this microphone until the day I die. God willing, as long as I can speak, I can speak into a microphone and earn a living. You can, in all likelihood, do your job uh, for as long as you want to. Even if you're a factory worker, which I salute you, you know, a thousand times over. You can do that job for 26, 30, 40, 50 years. 
Baseball players cannot. Athletes cannot. So why wouldn't they want their money? And again, take yourself out of this. Because we're so quick to judge the players. Because $7.84 million looks like a ton of money. That money that, that, that the players are not accepting, that doesn't go to your cause. That doesn't go to your pocket. It doesn't go to the people in need. It doesn't go to anyone except for billionaires. Except for guys worth over $2 billion. That, that's who that money goes to instead of the players. So what are you really arguing with about the players? What's so bad about them collecting $35 million compared to $7 million? Why, why do you think that the players should cave and not the owners? And we'll talk more about the owners here in a second. But again, th- this sliding scale is a non-starter. With no deferrals, with no avenue to recuperate the money lost. Again, if you wanted to pay, you know, let's use player X. Okay, let's take all of our biases out. Let's not even name a player. A player makes $35 million. If you want to pay him seven point eight four this year, and, and that's what you pay him is this seven millions seven point eight million dollars. Okay. When he's fifty and life is is back to whatever normal is after this, and baseball has recovered and they have fans in the stands again, you need to make that up to him, that money. But if you're if you're not gonna even have deferrals and you're not gonna have uh, a lot of compensation options for these guys, that's ridiculous. And again, baseball is not starved for money. If your sport cannot handle 80 games without fans, 80 games without revenue, without ticket revenue, then your sport was going to die anyway. And does anyone here listening to this podcast believe baseball was going to die this year? No. That's something like the XFL. That's not something like the MLB. It's ridiculous. Especially whenever in March, these two sides had already agreed to prorate their contracts. The players agreed, we will prorate our contracts in March. We had a whole podcast about that. And here we are in May, and the owners now want to take even more money back. And again, I say, what is the benefit here uh, of taking money away from players? You're telling me that in a sport where the Marlins who have been known to even lie about how many, how many people go to their games uh, to the extent that the owner of the Marlins, you know, Jeffrey Loria, before he sold the team, would buy $1 tickets every single game to make the attendance numbers look better. The Marlins, who make no money, they can sell for a billion dollars. The Royals in Kansas City can sell for a billion dollars. You're telling me that these owners cannot take on that burden to play baseball this year. It's, it's, it's absolutely insane that we think these owners are going to go under unless, unless the players take these huge pay cuts. If you're making $1 million this year, you get $434,000. And again, I'm not debating if that's a lot of money or if that's something that you or I would jump at. But put it into baseball perspective. Take your bias out of it. And if you are making the minimum you know, $500 million, I mean, $500,000, I guess I should say. If you're making $500,000, you're going to get that cut down to two, six, 
two. $262,000. Good money. Good money. But for these players who are lucky to hang around for three seasons, they won't get the retirement. They won't hit that 10-year mark. They won't hit that 10 years of service. They need their money that they've worked for. This is their chance. This is it. And I'm not saying that the player should get 100% of what they earned, but it shouldn't be where you look at something and on the surface you automatically know the owners are getting the amazing deal here. It should truly be the owners are sacrificing here. Because as it's constructed, as this, as this plan is put out there, the owners risk nothing. The owners risk absolutely nothing. And again, the owners are the only party in all of this that could stand not to have baseball. Those billionaires don't need whatever revenue comes from, from baseball. And they would only lose in that case $133 million, which to you or me is amazing money. To them, it's a drop in the bucket. That's all they would lose. That's all it wouldn't be coming in. Compared to if you had to put on a whole baseball season. That's paying players, that's paying staff, that's paying everyone. So the owners want no risk and they want all the reward. That's just not how this is going to go. And you see players now being vocal saying, hey, you know what, this is not going to happen. Marcus Stroman saying, I don't think there's going to be baseball this year on Twitter. He's going to move on to you know, projects he has lined up post-baseball playing career. Uh, not forever, but just for this year. And what really makes me upset about this whole thing, we'll get to after the break. But first, I want to say about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. I mean, it tastes truly like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off your first order. I personally love the any flavor that has peanut butter in it, just any flavor that says peanut butter, go ahead and buy it because it'll taste phenomenal with the chocolate coating on the outside. Built Bars are awesome because it's not hard to get them down at all. They taste great, but on top of all of that, 110 calories, low in carbs, low in sugar. They're perfect. Pre-workout, post-workout, get your protein in. They're also good if you want to replace an entire meal with them. I cannot recommend Built Bar enough. I really can't. This podcast is also sponsored by our good friends over at the Audiobook Edition, the audiobook of 24 life stories and lessons from the Say Hey Kid. In this reflective and inspirational memoir, the legendary Willie Mays shares inspirations and influences responsible for guiding him on and off the field. He is widely regarded as one of the greatest players to ever play the game of baseball. The beloved Willie Mays offers his people of all ages his lifetime of experience meeting challenges with positivity, encouraging, and triumph. This special audiobook production includes a foreword from Bob Costas and a bonus conversation with Willie Mays and his co-author John Shea. Whether you're missing seeing your favorite players in the field this season or you're looking for that perfect Father's Day gift, 24 of the inspirational stories for all your sports needs right now because this book is incredible. It has a ton of great information in there. Again, audiobook edition of 24 life stories and lessons from the Say Hey Kid. Get it wherever you can find your audiobooks because it's going to be worth it. Again, for Father's Day, even just for for listening to a great book. That's 24 life stories and lessons from the Say Hey Kid. So again, just to put a bow on last segment, because it was a ton of ranting. I don't feel like the owners want baseball this year. That's number one. They seem hell-bent on presenting awful plans to the MLBPA. That way they can say, hey, we tried. 
you know what? We tried. We negotiated twice with them. They turned us down both times. Blame these greedy players, but don't blame us because we tried. We presented two different plans. They didn't want it. And right now we're in a race against time. Right now, if we got things moving and tomorrow, okay, tomorrow, Rob Manfred put a press release out that said, baseball's back. Here's what we're going to do. This is the plan. At the earliest, you can start maybe July 4th still, maybe, but I'd still push that back to like July 10th now. And that's if it happens tomorrow. So we're staring down the barrel of like an 80-game season compared to 162. the, The more this extends into the future, the more it's not worth playing baseball. And, and, now, here's what everyone has to figure out is what's, what's their cutoff date? Because everyone's going to be different, right? You might not even value an 82-game season. I would still value it. I would still say that's a, that's a good enough season, half a season. It's not perfect. I mean, it's not, it's not ideal. But I, would, I, wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't just throw it out of the record books at, at that point. But if we start talking about 60 games, even 70 games... At that point, to me, that, that's just not enough for baseball. That's enough for hockey. It's enough for basketball. For baseball, it's a whole different game, and, that, and that's just not enough. That championship would not feel validated. That championship would not feel earned. And if you're baseball, you cannot handle another one of those, you know, with the Astro situation and things like that. Red Sox. You, you cannot handle another championship. That feels dishonest. And this would be to no fault of anyone's own besides how long these negotiations are taking. Uh, but you, you're racing its time right now because you cannot delay this anymore. I mean, you, you really need a plan this week. I, I think it's this week or bust to me. It's this week or bust. Because again, less than 80 games, what's your cutoff date? Let me know on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. What, what, what is the game number that would go from okay, given the circumstances, I still do value the championship to, okay, this is just gimmicky crap and and I'm never going to view whoever wins this title as legitimate because at this point, anyone can string off 30 games. The Royals could be the best team in baseball for 30 games. So at at what point do we cheapen it that much? Because we're already going to see different divisions. We're already going to see the universal DH. We're already going to see expanded playoffs. And and in baseball, that's a big deal. Now, I love the playoff plan we got prior to all this, back in January or, or early February, whenever it was, that we got that, that playoff plan and expanded it uh, and added a TV show and things like that. I loved it. However, in baseball, when you do add playoff teams, it's unlike any other sport because any team, once they're in, they can make a run. If you add a basketball team to the playoffs, they've got to play the Cavs or, you know, they, excuse me, they've got to play the Lakers with LeBron and AD. They're not getting out of the first round. If you add a, a team to the baseball playoffs, any, any baseball team can be any baseball team on any given day. On any given day. And that's a common phrase in football any given Sunday. But in baseball, even more so because even in a series that's designed to say, hey, you've got to win at least two, you, it's not just a one-off thing, you still see a ton of upsets. Again, the Royals should not have won either World Series that they were in. They should not have been there or, or won the World Series in 2014 or 15. 
You shouldn't have beat the A's in 2014. You shouldn't have beat the Astros or Blue Jays in 2015. And you can make an argument that a lot of stuff went right for you against the Mets, even though you won five games. So the Royals are a case in point of just get in. Just get in and see what happens. Same with the Nationals last year. So adding teams to the playoffs in baseball is a big deal. It really is. So at what point in in the regular season do you look at this and say, they only played 40 games or they only played 50 games or 60 games. This season doesn't even count to me. It doesn't even register to me. They're never going to be viewed, whoever wins it, as a true champion. For me, it's probably it's probably anything sub-70. Sub-70, I, I, I don't even, I don't think I can register that. Because again, you look at what happened last year, the Rangers, you know, 70 games in, were in the mix of things. They were right there. They were, they were a playoff team. They were, they were in the wild card hunt. They finished... You know, towards the end of the towards the back end of the AL, in the middle of the pack in the AL. I mean, that, that's just not good enough. That's not a good enough sample size in a sport that truly values and truly cares about sample size. That's not a good enough one. So I wanted to end the show with what really makes me upset about all of this because we can go back and forth on Twitter about if players are being greedy or not, or if they should just suck it up and uh, take whatever's given to them. Uh, or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's a ton of people on Twitter that agree that I mean that think that the player should just suck it up because they're having to deal with issues financially as well. And I get that. I mean, I totally understand the optics of millionaires wanting their money while you're sitting at your job taking pay cuts and, and not getting what you're worth at your job. Uh, again, I would say that they have more leverage and they have less time to earn their money. So they're not just going to be so apt to sit back and, and take it. But there's been some great interactions on Twitter, even if we don't agree uh, there's still been great interactions you know, between all sides. I want to give a shout-out to Terry... Oh, my goodness. I don't know how to say her last name. Gius? Gius? I'm not sure. Her at is T-G-E-I-S-73. Uh, if you want to follow her on Twitter. Uh, she disagreed, but she was polite. I think I was polite as well. Back to her. Uh, we didn't agree on, on the player situation, but that's fine. Uh, still interact with me on Twitter all that you want to over there. But what really makes me upset with, with this whole thing is this latest report from Kansas City legend Jeff Passan. The Oakland A's informed minor league players today that they would not continue paying them $400 a week at the end of the month. Sources familiar with the A's tell uh, tell ESPN. Other decisions from the organization should arrive in the coming days. This is a bad sign to start, though. And he does does the math for you, okay? Good, because I can't do math. He says... Say there are 200 players in the minor league system. Paying each of them $400 a week for July uh, and August is $5,200 per per player. To pay every minor leaguer, it would have cost Oakland a hair over $1 million. Their owner is worth $2 billion. This is a non-starter, and and the minor leaguers do not have a union, uh, so this is a lot more difficult. But you're telling me that these owners truly want to play baseball when you're knocking salaries down from $35 million to $7 million, when you're saying there's no way you're going to pay a minor leaguer $5,200. Again, that's total. That's not per month. $5,200 you're not willing to pay a player. 
you do not care, number one, about what your players think about you as a league or an organization. Number two, you truly only care about the bottom line. And again, their bottom line is helped and their bottom line is is increased when they don't play baseball this year. Because if you do have to put on a whole baseball production, top to bottom, you're going to be spending a lot more than $133 million. Again, just just paying these minor leaguers would have been a million dollars. And you, you're telling me you won't even shell out that much money to, to, to pay your minor, minor leaguers? This is not as simple as it seems on the surface of just everyone's a millionaire. A lot of these guys aren't. I mean, look at the Royals payroll. A lot of these guys are not millionaires. They still make good money, you know, $500,000, $600,000. They're not millionaires that are set for life. And just the fact that you're not willing to pay minor leaguers $5,200 total, you're not willing to pay them $5,200 when you already get minor league arms and minor league bodies and minor league players at a criminal rate. They're already severely underpaid. And they've dedicated, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years in the minor leagues. Riding terrible bus rides. Not having the fancy charter planes. Playing every single day. I mean, you look at the off days in the minor leagues, like two a month. They've paid their dues. And to not even get $5,000 to get nothing is insane. It's sickening. And it tells you exactly what the owners think of players, what the owners think of this sport. This sport for the owners is about money. Moneyball is the name of the game. And, and, and sadly, Moneyball is not how you win anymore. It's how you control how much you get back on your investment. That's all they care about. And to those owners, I would just say, sell your team. Just sell them right now. Get out of it. Because even the Marlins and the Royals got $1 billion on the market. $1 billion. That's how much the Kansas City Royals are worth, is $1 billion. That's how much the Miami Marlins are worth, is $1 billion. Yet you're going to tell me that, that if, if they paid the players even a comparable rate to what they should be getting paid... You're telling me that even if they paid minor leaguers $5,000, you're telling me if they did that, this sport would go under. That they couldn't take the financial burden of that. That they couldn't take the financial burden of having a full draft. They, they can only draft five rounds. And they can't pay their draft picks, their salary you know, bonus, their signing bonus. They cannot pay their draft picks this year. They've got to defer it, delay it. A sport in which the two smallest markets, the two teams that generate the, the least amount of revenue, the two teams that are nationally irrelevant, that they're worth $1 billion. Yet you can't afford to pay minor league baseball players $5,200 to play within your organization. That's ridiculous. And it's frankly sickening. And so the bottom line here is the owners do not want baseball. And we're not going to have baseball this year. I really do not think that we will. And especially we won't. If there's no deal in place at the end of this week, you can kiss baseball goodbye. 
but I, I would go ahead and do that already because what the owners are trying to do right now is to turn you against the players. And they've done a great job for most of you. Say, look, we went to the players, we presented them all their options, we gave them two different plans, we told them we would lose a lot of money. They don't want to play ball, we're not going to play baseball. And then you're going to go blame the players, you're going to go blame Blake Snell when it's the billionaire owners that can afford all of this that you're going to side with. And again, just remember in all of this, number one, these players do not have a lot of time to make this money. Unlike you or me, we can do our jobs for the rest of our lives. They can't. Number two, they are worth more to their company than you or I are to ours. And number three, the money that they give up, whether it's a ton of money or a, a tiny bit of money, it's not going to you. It's not going to me. It's not going to a good cause. It's going to billionaires. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked On Royals, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network.